Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MikeFChen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Tuesday, December 8th, 2020. And yesterday we started off with a little bit of Urban Meyer rumor and uh, how it could potentially affect the Big Ten. Well, uh, as we continued on in the show yesterday as well, there was a Michigan rumor with Jim Harbaugh, and that rumor has come to fruition as John Bacon, who authored uh, Jim Harbaugh's uh, autobiography that came out a couple of years ago, uh, well, he has uh, been notified that he's got some information on the contract that has been offered to Jim Harbaugh. So, Pretty much what the deal consists of is it's an extension. Uh, Obviously, Harbaugh's deal ends a year from now. And the biggest thing that's hanging over their head is the fact that recruiting is taking a a little pounding. There's some negative recruiting going on because when you have a lame duck coach in college football, it's pretty easy sell. Hey, look, you don't know who's going to be the coach. You don't want to be married to a system. You don't want to end up in the transfer portal trying to go somewhere else, figuring out how to move your life and your family or whatever, the friends that you made, etc. You know, that's a, it's a difficult proposition for a young man. And especially after, you know, you're looking at this year's class, especially where they wouldn't really know, uh, you know, they, they'd have Harbaugh for a season. And then what? You, you don't know. And so what was offered to Harbaugh was this, a contract extension. Now, the terms weren't uh, exactly uh, released by Bacon, but what he said is it's an extension and it would span over the course of at least three to four years is my estimation. But here's the kicker. He's been offered a lower annual base salary. However, it's loaded with performance incentives. And I can't blame Michigan for doing this, to be honest with you. I think this is the right way to do it. Right now, Harbaugh is one of the top five paid coaches in all of college football, but he doesn't perform like a top five paid coach in all of college football. And this deal is more than fair, more than fair, because he's had issues uh, performing against the, the top 10, not necessarily the top 25, Uh, Jim Harbaugh actually does very well against teams ranked between 15 and 25, or you can even say 11 and 25. But when you get to the top 10 matchups, he's struggled significantly. And then you look at his record against Michigan State, uh, which is, uh, I believe it's three and three right now. uh, And Michigan State uh, really hasn't been what they were, you know, in, in this six years, they haven't been what they were when they were, you know, really humming and, and, you know, the only other team to make the, the college football playoff in 15, that, that Michigan state isn't the Michigan state anymore. And his own five record against Ohio state. Um, so, you know, this is something that uh, I feel like Ward Emanuel is given a fair deal to Jim Harbaugh. It makes sense. Uh, it says, look, here, we still want you as our coach. But right now, in what we're going on with the global pandemic, athletic departments losing millions and millions of dollars, we need to be smart. We need to make a, a, an adjustment to how you're paid. 
And you could still make the same amount of money, but you have to earn it. There's nothing wrong about that in my estimation. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. He could, you know, like I said, the terms weren't released, but my estimation is, is that with the incentives to win, you're probably looking at around the similar salary that Harbaugh would be making right now. No harm, no foul here. I think it's a good deal. Uh, I think it would be smart for Harbaugh to take it. Uh, There's, you know, potential that there's NFL interest, but, you know, if I'm an NFL team, uh, he's been so far away from the NFL, I I wouldn't really necessarily consider him too hard. I think he would be a, a guy that I'd have a conversation with potentially, but, you know, I just don't feel like, you know, he can he can make that transition back. I think that he's been in the recruiting game for so long that, you know, it's to me it's just something that I, I just, as an NFL franchise, I wouldn't really go after Jim Harbaugh. But I think this deal is very fair for him, very fair. And I think that, uh, you know, We'll find out in the next couple of days whether he's going to take it or not. Something's got to happen soon. The initial uh, signing period, the early signing period for 21 recruits is is coming up uh, about a week and a half away. And, hey, look, it's, uh, you know, it's it's something that you're going to have to watch for and make sure that uh, he is there. Like I said yesterday, Xavier Worthy is the prime example. He, the, the, the California wide receiver is a top 100 prospect. He's committed to Michigan right now, but he's having an announcement ceremony where he's going to choose between the Wolverines and the Alabama Crimson Tide. That, to me, that doesn't sound like you're a committed recruit. And to me, that sounds like you're a guy that's wavering because you don't know who your coach is. He goes to Alabama. Worthy is going to know who his coach is. That's Nick Saban. But if he goes to Michigan right now, you don't know if Jim Harbaugh is going to be back or not in a year. Is the system is the system going to fit a player's skills if a new coach comes in? Or like I said earlier, is he going to have to ultimately end up in the transfer portal? You know, who knows? But I think it's interesting. Um, and some other news coming out of Michigan as well as uh, you know they they went through uh, a limited practice yesterday, so. Uh, they plan on meeting the media in preparation for the Ohio State game this weekend, so it's trending in the right direction. Uh, I think there's, uh, you know, there's rumors going on right now as well that there's a lot of pressure from Fox, from Big Ten Conference, uh, from Ohio State to uh, play this game. Uh, the Buckeyes showed that, you know, you can play these games even if you have a slight outbreak. Yeah, the Buckeyes were missing 20 players, four coaches. But they still went out and played Michigan State. And I think that is, uh, you know, that's that's the key here. Um, you know, the, the Buckeyes are missing, they're going to miss significantly key players from here on out through the bowl season. They're not going to, they're, they're missing three quarters, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, three fifths of their offensive line right now. Top backups, tough Borland. You know, Ryan Day should be eligible to return the next game. So that, he's back. But, 
they're down and, and depth is tested. And that's probably the same thing at Michigan. You're probably looking at uh, a depth chart, which uh, they didn't expect players, some certain players to play, and they're going to have to step up and play if that game goes on. So I'd like the Big Ten to make a decision on that game earlier rather than later. So if they did need to work things around, like the rumor that I said yesterday where uh, they would flip-flop some things, uh, ultimately the uh, it, the the four teams that would play would be uh, that are in the air that would flip flop around. It's Nebraska, Rutgers, Maryland, and Ohio State. Uh, Maryland would flip to Ohio State, and uh, Rutgers and Nebraska would play. So that's how it would work. But uh, you know, it's 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 interesting here. But um, in in all honesty, uh, you know, you you have to look at it that way, and there's a potential for it. Uh, you just don't know. You just don't know. Uh, the Big Ten released their uh, conference players of the week, and uh, to no surprise, it was Justin Fields. Uh, he was the offensive player of the week. Uh, two touchdowns on the ground, two touchdowns on the air. So uh, you know, very, very impressive showing for Justin Fields and defensively Micah McFadden from Indiana like I pointed out to you yesterday I highlighted him uh, when going over the games he just he was absolutely fantastic Uh, one of the big reasons why Indiana held Wisconsin to just six points got that in my estimation an upset win because uh, you know Indiana wasn't really looked at very highly after losing Michael Penix. Jack Tuttle came in, and uh, let's be real here. Tuttle did what he was supposed to do. Limited turnovers, only one. He had that one fumble. But in all reality, you know, he played well enough for the Hoosiers to win, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, freshman of the week went to Joey Porter of Penn State. And then your special teams co-players of the week, a couple of punters, Indiana's Hayden Whitehead and Ohio State's Drew Chrisman. Uh, Another quick note on Micah McFadden as well. Not only was McFadden recognized by the Big Ten for his play this past week, but nationally as well. He got the Walter Camp Player of the Week award. Uh, So congratulations to him. He had one hell of a week. Uh, Penn State, like I said, has been moving up the recruiting rankings. And uh, I didn't get to that yesterday, so I can get to that today. But with a commitment from former Duke wide receiver Harrison Wallace, 6'1", 180 pounds, uh, had offers from Maryland, South Carolina, and Duke, uh, Penn State's on their way up, and they're moving up. And, And like I told you months and months ago, when the Nittany Lions were sitting in the 40s and the 30s, just kind of like mulling around, they didn't have a lot of commitments. And that's something that James Franklin knew and he had to focus on. And he's focused on and really kind of amped it up on the recruiting trail. He, he really has. And, you know, the commit from Wallace is, is nice. It, it's a top, you know, 300 type of player that's going to Penn State. And they're starting to move up. They're starting to move up in the rankings, and they're going to continue to go up. And this is interesting uh, because of the fact that, uh, in all reality, you're looking at a team that probably is not, you know, going to end up quite where they have been. But 
they can still get there. So uh, that was the only commit inside the conference yesterday. So uh, before we continue with some other things, let's uh, take a look at where those recruiting rankings are. Ohio State's still the top ranked team, excuse me, in the uh, conference uh, right behind Alabama. They are second overall in the country. They've got 20 commits. Michigan, uh, 21 commits. They are ninth overall. Wisconsin, 16 commits. They are 21st overall. Here it is, Penn State. Like I said, they are going to make a move, and they are making it right now. They've added three more commitments over the last, say, month or so, I believe, uh, and they've jumped and jumped from the mid-30s. They are 20th overall. They've got those 15 commitments. Nebraska's right behind them at 21st with 19 commitments. Iowa is 23rd overall, and this is all according to the 247 Sports Composite, which takes all three of the major uh, recruiting rankings, the, the their 247 ESPNs and rivals. They all lump them together, and boom, that's what you get. That's how you get the composite. Uh, Iowa's there. Uh, they've got 16 commits. Maryland right behind them at 24th with 20 commits. A couple slots down is Minnesota, 28th overall. They've got 16 commits. Rutgers still hanging around. 36 overall. They've got 21 commits. Michigan State is 41st in the country. They've got 19 commits. Uh, like Mel Tucker's just done a really good job in my estimation. Uh, Northwestern a little short on the numbers with just 14 commits. They are 54th overall in the country. I think that they're going to move up at some point in time where they get a couple more commits. Indiana, all, them as well. 61st overall, 13 commits. Look, the Hoosiers are going to start getting more more and more recruiting traction with what they're doing on the field, with what they're the, the culture that they have and Tom Allen and I've been singing Tom Allen's praises for years now. I think he's a fantastic coach. He's the perfect coach to be at Indiana in order for them to be successful. For them to be successful doesn't mean that they have to win Big Ten championships. That's not always the case. But for them to be successful means you know, they, they win, you know, go to bowl games and win eight to ten games a year. They that That's 100% in the possibility in the realm of Indiana. Now, Tom Allen might be elevating the, the standards there for the future, but that's a good thing. That's a really, really good thing. The Fighting Illini, 69th overall in the country. They've got 15 commits, and then the final school inside the Big Ten, Purdue. They, they're they still lacking over there. 13 commits, 73rd overall in the country. A couple of uh, other notes on the football side of things before we move on to a little bit of hoops news. Uh, Iowa, their redshirt freshman defensive back Julius Brents. He's entered the transfer portal. He's not a big contributor, uh, plays a little bit of special teams for them, but uh, not a huge loss, but a depth thing nevertheless. So uh, Brents will be most likely leaving the program. Uh, The Thorpe Award for the best defensive back in the country. Uh, The semifinalists were announced yesterday. Uh, Northwestern's freshman defender, Brandon Joseph, made it. And and no surprise here that Ohio State's Sean Wayne made it. He might not be having the the greatest season, but uh, he's uh, a damn good defender. And uh, he probably does deserve to be on this list. The Davey O'Brien semifinal award watch list came out as well. And this one's for quarterbacks and quarterbacks. the two best quarterbacks inside the Big Ten, Justin Fields and Michael Penix, they got the nods here. Unfortunately for Penix, we all know that he's not going to win this award. Uh, his season was cut short due to an injury two weeks ago. Um, 
but I, I think that uh, you know it's very it's very upstanding of the Davy O'Brien Award to add Penix into the mix because he is uh, more than deserving for that. In a, ahead of the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which begins tonight, that's what a slate that we've got tonight. There were no games played inside the Big Ten. And uh, one scheduling note of that for the uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, Michigan and North Carolina State has been canceled. Um, they were supposed to play tomorrow. Uh, North Carolina State's having issues with COVID-19 inside their program, so that was canceled. Michigan did uh, some some quick work there, and they filled in a game for Tuesday. They're going to face – I'm sorry, for Wednesday. Uh, they're going to face Toledo, so they'll take on – uh, the Rockets on Wednesday evening. Uh, Purdue gets a commitment from Pennsylvania. Combo guard Jameel Brown, 6'4", 190 pounds. Uh, he had a solid offer list. Auburn, Xavier, um, that Auburn offer is pretty solid to me. Uh, Auburn's been a, a pretty damn good basketball program the last five years. Uh, Bruce Pearl has them at, at, at a good spot, and that's a pretty solid offer list. Uh, let's take a look at what we're going to expect for the Big Ten ACC challenge that's going on tonight, that starts tonight. Uh, at 4 o'clock, we've got just one game, uh, Purdue and Miami. And then this is right around 6, 6.30 is when uh, the fun starts. Uh, the 6 o'clock, you've got Boston College of Minnesota, 6.30 Ohio State, Notre Dame. This is one of the big ones at 6.30 also as well. North Carolina is taking on Iowa. Love this matchup. I think Iowa is going to show the country that they are one of the best teams out there, and they should uh, take this one home. The one eight o'clock game, Penn State-Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia Tech's pretty damn solid on the basketball court. Uh, not probably looking very good for Penn State. And then probably the game of the night, not – probably the game of the night, the game of the night, of uh, fighting online. I take on the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, Duke did lose last week, but Duke is Duke. Mike, Coach K, Mike Krzyzewski is still there. So uh, Duke is always a threat, and uh, I think this will be a, a very a, a good litmus test for the fighting Illini. They didn't quite pass that Baylor test, although, like I said, after that game, I don't think that it was the worst loss. Now, on the you know when you're going to look at it and say oh man that was like a 15 point loss it was a lot closer uh, than that going into the final couple minutes and uh, you know the fighting Illini when you look at back at it yeah they uh, they didn't win but they competed against a team that is one of the best in the country when their two star players Ayo Desumu and Kofi Coburn struggled big time I mean. Uh, Desumu didn't shoot very well. Yeah, he's, I think he scored about 19 points, but the shooting percentage was bad. Uh, Coburn got into foul trouble. Georgie Bihanishvili really had to step up, which he did. But, uh, you know, when you've got two of your best players struggling and you're still competitive, that's a very good sign to me. Good sign for Brad Underwood's squad going forward. So that's a big-time game. And then there's another 8:30 game. Syracuse is taking on Rutgers. Don't count out Syracuse. I think Syracuse is pretty solid. And, uh, you know, I, I really like what Rutgers is doing. Ron Harper Jr. is one hell of a player. So, uh, yeah, that nice little basketball slate this evening. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow it continues with uh, more matchups, although there aren't 
as many big-time matchups as uh, tonight, uh, that Michigan State-Virginia one, that's that's one to watch. But uh, you know, the, the rest of the slate ain't too shabby. And that will do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. Once again, I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Tuesday, Big Ten fans. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.